Hey, Sporky's Editing Dan here. This is basically our intro if you haven't picked up on that yet. I just wanted to say we're doing Antichrist here because it takes me like three minutes to say that in the episode. Not that that's worth anything because you see the title of the movie when you click on the episode. So that's a needless explanation. This comes in as another recommendation from Chelsea. Thank you again, Chelsea. Big fan of the show. Shout out to her. She's great. Love her. Thank you so much for this recommendation. You'll know Chelsea because she recommended Dark Floors. And if you also watch Dark Floors, congratulations. You have suffered with us. Regardless, if you don't already, follow us on Instagram at Bloody Spork. And if you want us to talk about your suggested movie, go ahead and email us at bloodysporkpod at gmail.com. With that being said, enjoy the show. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Hey, Sporkies, back in the stew with you-know-who... Hey, Sporkies. Bars. Mm. <laughs> I'm just, I've decided that we should probably look up into a different uh, career path because, man, the listener suggestions are slowly but surely getting worse and worse. Yeah. Thanks, Chelsea. Thanks thanks for another one, Chelsea. <laughs> just kidding. Love you. This one was way better than, the was dark it way be- No, Dark Floors might have been better than this, honestly. I- just kidding. I, don't, I actually don't hate this movie. I've decided it's not that bad. It's interesting. I'll give it that. I hate this movie, but like not as much as I hate Dark Floors. Uh, this is at least like a movie. <laughs> True. This movie has you know beginning, middle, and end. It has know? like writing <laughs> and, 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 and technique, it, and it doesn't try to be weirdly cryptic. And its director isn't just a guy who does music videos. So good for this movie, I guess. Moving on up, Chelsea. So, uh, we are talking about Antichrist. By the way, we haven't said the title. Uh, Antichrist comes in from Chelsea again, who, yes, is of pod, the bloody spork fame for suggesting, uh, Dark Floors, which is technically the worst movie we've ever reviewed so far. She's forever cemented herself in bloody spork lore. <laughs> She's, uh, part of our legacy at this point. Um, She's so, one of our most loyal warriors. Yeah, so thank you for a suggestion. I said I wanted to fill out November with suggestions, and we did just that pretty much, I'm pretty sure. I already forget our first episode of the month. Um, <laughs> November 18th. Oh, well, last week it was suggested Sinister two weeks ago. Ewie, I don't remember. What did we talk about two weeks ago? That was us. Yeah. Um, that's fine. It was kind of an awkward Live lookup. Here we go. Uh, Pearl. Pearl. How could I forget? Oh, my goodness. Real quick note about Pearl. A24 released movie posters for it. Them bitches were 50 bucks. And my dumbass almost folded, too. And I would have folded, but they were sold out by the time I clicked on the link. Unfortunate. You got and lucky. almost bought a vinyl, but I'm not. I'm a vinyl not. of what? The vinyl of the soundtrack. Of Pearl? Yeah. You liked it that much? Yeah. Huh. I think I like Mia Goth that much, but fair. also Pearl. I mean, hey, I, like, I, I, liked, I do like Pearl that much. And now... I'm basically writing a 10-page paper on Pearl. Oh, so, really? Yeah, I think oh, I, awesome. I think I really do like it that much. It's fucking great. Go Either watch way. the movie. Yeah, please go watch Pearl. We're talking about Antichrist today, uh, directed by, he just said it so well right before we started. <sighs> Lars von Trier. And starring our boy, the Green Goblin, Willem Dafoe, baby. I'm something of a scientist myself, <laughs> Willem Dafoe. Eight years after Spider-Man, I'm he did a fuck ton of movies in between. He's done some. But 2001 is a year I know for a fact. This movie came out in 2009, however, uh, directed by the name he just said. I'm not going to bother. There's a cut there. But yeah, starring Willem Dafoe and only one other person, who I don't remember off the top of my head, but her name 
is going to be looked up right now immediately. <laughs> you see how I'm just talking? No dead air. Bang. Look at that. Look at the improvements we're making as we speak. I almost Googled Willem Dafoe <laughs> instead of Antichrist cast. Definitely not stalling. <laughs> Definitely not <laughs> stalling at all. Uh, and she's not listed. Of course. Here. You gotta be kidding me. <laughs> There's only two people. Well, three, technically. Yeah, fuck that kid. Oh, that kid sucks. <laughs> Nick. Uh, are we serious right now? Can oh, I just see? Wikipedia. Charlotte Gainsbourg. Yes. Charlotte Gainsbourg. Uh, I mean, we could go on for an hour just on Willem Dafoe alone, but uh, Charlotte's a British-French actress and singer. Oh. Okay. Daughter of English actress Jane Birkin. And French musician Serge Gainsbourg. I'm not going to look up her discography, but I'm looking at it as we speak, but I'm not going to tell you. Anyway. Go Google it yourself. Um, so this movie, pre-spoilers, but pre-pre-spoilers are only bit, baby. You know, we're, you know what I'm about to ask, John. Take your, take, take your place, place your bets right now, what you think. Rotten Tomatoes score, critically, for Antichrist, released in 2009. What do you think? You're going to hate me for this. Oh, boy. Here we go. But I've already seen this movie. Okay. Rotten Tomatoes off the top of my head, I don't remember, but I think it's like 74. It's much lower. 64? <laughs> much lower. 54. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so 54 critically. Critics' consensus Gruesome, explicit, and highly controversial. Lars von Trier's art house horror, though beautifully shot, is no easy ride. Audience score, what do you think? Like a three out of five. It's a 55, so... Just about. Yeah, even numbers across the board for both critics and fans alike. And I gotta say, I once again am agreeing with the critics' consensus. I can see the, I can see where the controversy comes in. It's definitely an art house horror. And yeah. yes, definitely beautifully shot. John, as mentioned, doesn't like this movie. I don't like Lars von Trier in general. Really? I've had to experience a lot of his movies. Like what else? Uh... Fucking Nymphomaniac Part oh, 1. Oh. Have you seen that? No. <laughs> it's not great. It's Just really, that title alone. It's really gross. <laughs> uh, Dogville, mm -hmm. which I had to watch for my fucking film class in college. Oh, boy. A uh, three-hour fucking art house, super esoteric movie that I really hate because it's got a lot of R word in it. <laughs> uh, Melancholia, which is like the one movie from him that I actually like. Mm. And... There's another one, but I can't be fucking bothered to remember. I hate most of them. <laughs> so, fun fact, this movie was written in 2006. Uh, we don't do this for other movies, but like I'm looking at the Wikipedia, so why not? Box office of $7.4 against a budget of $3.5 million. Uh, written in 2006 while he was going through a significant depressive episode. Uh, it actually premiered at the 2009 Cannes Film Festival. That's how it's pronounced, yes. Uh, won, Von Trier won Silver Lion. Huh. And Gainsbourg won the festival's award for Best Actress. Well, good for her. She does deserve that. So this movie is technically really good. Did you know that this is technically a part of his Depression trilogy? Yep. Yeah. Melancholia? Melancholia? Yes. And Nymphomaniac. <sighs> those, those two movies in this movie are a part of his Depression trilogy, uh, which is kind of just really depressing to think about in general. Um, that's gonna be my film future. Uh -huh. <laughs> you wanna watch fucking something depressing? Watch Melancholia. <laughs> Jesus. Um, on a, uh, uh, lighter note, um, I liked the movie, kind of, I think. It was cool. It's it was 
crazy because like I was texting Dan as he was watching this, and he's like, "Oh, well, I kind of dig this," and I was like, "What? <laughs> I want, I, I need you to hate this more for me." Right. So here's my uh, pre-spoiler thoughts. Pre-spoilers. Um, I don't hate the movie. The story itself, like I just read from the critics, is kind of eh. It's interesting. It's it's something. It's titled Antichrist, and there is religious elements. Yep. And I'll preface right now: I ain't got shit for knowledge on religion, so I, I you know I have little teensy tiny bits from like games I've played and things I've read and uh, that kind of like make fun of religion. That's the real Bible. <laughs> <video games. laughs> but I have no like actual concrete knowledge on uh, any type of real religious stuff. Like I don't even really know like Eden is mentioned in the film. Yeah. And I don't even really know what Eden represents. But uh, either way, um, the film, the movie, the story itself is kind of pretty, meh. Pretty light in story. But it's the it's the way the movie is made that I liked a lot more because the little things that they do, I feel, are more influential and kind of make this very simple story a lot stronger than it actually is. So a lot of my praise and credits go to like the camera work, um, the way it was edited, some of the cuts that were made. Sound design. S- sound design is fantastic. I will give it that. Pretty this... good CG for what's in there. Yeah, and for the fact that it's two thousand nine, yeah. uh, the score, like I said, like, all all that stuff, all the like, what what would you call it, like extremities of it are fantastic. Yeah. But the it, it itself is kind of even the mech. performances are great. Yeah, Willem Dafoe is a natural, fantastic. Charlotte Gainsbourg, great. Yeah, they're both. She, she knows how to fucking scream. Yeah, they both sell me on you know this whole story. They both sell me on like them being in love. Yeah, um, ish. Uh, it's but, just the actual writing of the yeah, film. I'm yeah. just like I don't give a. Yeah, the actual story itself. I'm kind of like, mm, okay. Yeah. And, and again, it being labeled as horror kind of also doesn't do it for me because I wouldn't call it by the end of it yes technically horror uh, and that was what you could say about this movie as a whole is yeah okay technically horror but like if you just removed some of the gratuity and the sex and some of the more uh, physical things that happen later in the movie you kind of just have, like, a Lifetime original. It's just, like, a fucking psychodrama. <laughs> yeah, literally. You just watch a marriage fall apart. Pretty much. Uh, so, spoiler sections. I don't really know how I want to talk about the movie yet. The- Again, still trying to avoid the beat-by-beat beat thing, but I, de- uh, well, I don't know. Well, even if you did go beat-by-beat, beat, it'd be done in, like, five minutes. Yeah, because, yeah, it is super story simple. story is, like, very fucking end. We get, we get like, a, a big plot twist towards the end, and that, and that my tiny brain didn't comprehend at the time, because, again, I was doing this... I was writing a paper that's due tonight. He's I was doing watch- a lot. I watched Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, a Banger. much better movie. A much better movie. <laughs> at 2 p.m. this afternoon, right before watching this movie. And you want to talk about a jarring juxtaposition <laughs> is watching Leatherface uses Chainsaw as a penis on fucking, what's her name, Stretch in that movie to this movie where, spoilers, uh, what's her name again? Charlotte. Charlotte ends up, um, I don't know, cutting her clitoris off. Um, yeah. So, you know, just a bit of a weird kind of side-by-side there. Um, yeah. So, spoilers. We'll get into the movie now. The movie's interestingly and weirdly broken up into a prologue. Four chapters. Four chapters and, and then an epilogue for no real reason. He does that in all of his movies. Really? Okay. Yeah, it's his, like, thing. 
intermediate dog cut as usual. You know, they be barking for real. Listen, it's been a while since we've last had one of those. <laughs> so, either way, he likes to split it up into chapters. That's his thing. Yeah. Regardless. I don't mind it, but usually when people do that, or directors, I should say, usually the chapters are, like, significantly different, or the start of a new chapter starts somewhere different, Mm -hmm. but, like, we just get a chapter title card, and then it just picks up exactly where the last chapter technically ended, Yeah, and that's where I don't really understand it, but okay, if it's your thing, it's your thing, whatever fits your fancy. I know he's been making movies for a long time, since like the eighties. I don't know. I don't know if he's done that since. If he's been doing this like since then, Mm -hmm. I just know his movies since at least like two thousand three. He's been like doing that. Interesting. So we start off with prologue. We get some Willem Dafoe sex. Fun fact. Immediately start with Mm -hmm. penetration. Yeah, we actually see penetration, but fun fact, it's not Willem Dafoe's penis. Oh, it's not? No, I just found out that it's actually a a zoom in on some porn stars having sex. Damn it. It's all in black and white. That sucks. There's a, I I didn't look up this song that's specifically playing, but it's like Latin, I believe, probably. It's like a Latin hymn or something. I don't fucking know. That sounds really presumptuous of me. Please don't strike me down. (laughs) Dog cut part two. Because like John, because John said we haven't had one in a while, we're gonna get seven this time yeah. around. We have Anyways. to make up for lost time. <laughs> so proceed onward, please, with your thoughts. I was gonna say uh, none of our characters in this movie are named, so we're oh, just yeah. we're just gonna be calling them Willem Dafoe and Charlotte. Yeah. So they are literally. I, we watched it on Amazon Prime, and it has a little X-ray facts bullshit, and literally just had it as him and, and she. Yeah, yeah, she. Yeah. Or like he and her. Yeah, something like that. Either way. So, we start with our prologue, we get lots of sex, we see a baby die, literally just climbs out of a window. Yeah. What the fuck kind of baby do they got? And so, with, fucking idiot baby. With, with the title, and the way this baby acted, I immediately think, okay, so the baby is the devil. I understand, don't worry, I get it. She has birthed the Antichrist, right? Boy, was I fucking wrong. <laughs> Holy shit. Just the most wrong imaginable train of thought I could have had this entire time. In my 24 years, I've never been more wrong. Okay? So chapter one, we get titled Grief. Yep. Yeah. Maybe griefing, alright. Um, mention as well, uh, Willem Dafoe just owns statues. One labeled Pain, one labeled Grief, one labeled Despair. That is our three chapters in this movie. So we're gonna start off with Grief. We find out the mother's been in the hospital for a month. By the way, we should also uh, let it be known now, Willem Dafoe is a therapist, yep. and she is writing her thesis, and that's really it that we get kind of like for their background. There's not much else to it. Uh, we don't, they don't even tell us how old the kid was. We just know that he was old enough to be in a, a baby, uh, what's it called? Wow. Toddler. A toddler. Thank, <laughs> thank you. Jeez Louise, man. So the toddler was able to climb up and out the window by itself died because it's an idiot whatever nothing crazy you can assume they're like kind of well off yeah you know he, he makes good money as a therapist uh she like we said has been in the hospital a month he doesn't think the doctor's very good at his job he thinks the doctor's been giving her too much medicine so he's like you know what I'm a handle this. I'm your doctor now. Because that's not like a fucking conflict of interest. Because <laughs> that's not the most narcissistic train of thought to have imaginable. Yeah. Well, well, me, me a therapist. You know what? I'm going to be a medical doctor. Actually, I think I'm more intelligent, uh, intelligent than an actual doctor. Thanks. 
I'm Bye. Not, for a lot of this movie, Willem Dafoe's a fucking douche. Yeah, honestly, and I'm not really mad about what happens to him until the very, very end. Yeah. Like, oh, so he was just in his thinking. Yeah. Um, so we should note as well, there was a funeral. Of course, there was a funeral for the baby, the toddler. Um, interesting point is that in the background, we see there's more people with them. None of them have faces. Whoa. Whoa. Spooky. Um, like I said, not really a scary movie, honestly. It's This movie, I think, because of how shocking it can be on a first view, I guess people can think that's, like, scary. And there's so, definitely some, like, suspense building and some of the score plays into it. Ultimately not very scary, that's all. You know, whatever. Dog cut number three, by the way. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. I, I'm going to sound like a real douche here, but, like, I was, like, maybe, like, 20 when I first saw this movie. Mm-hmm. And I remember being very deeply disturbed. Yeah. And I vowed to myself, you know what? I'm never going to watch that again. <laughs> only to, to my displeasure, it has been recommended on our podcast. Only, only to five years later, be a part of a podcast that has to review it because of a listener recommendation. <laughs> Thank you, Chelsea. Thank you for making me do this again. Oh, how the turntables, you know? And I got to say, it's, it's really, it really ain't shit. <laughs> on a second viewing. So we find out the, the doctor labels her grief pattern as, quote, atypical. I, don't, I didn't look up what that could possibly mean, so I don't really care. Um, but I regardless. Know. I'd say it's, be, it's like pretty typical to be sad when your kid dies. Yeah, really. Um, but I guess technically her grief pattern's atypical because of what we find out towards the end. Yeah. We're going to wait a little bit for the plot twist if you don't know the plot twist already. Yeah. If you want to know what the plot twist is for yourself, I guess you could watch this movie. I guess I could suggest it. I would only suggest this movie if you're interested more in how a film can be made better by doing the actual techniques of filmmaking. Like I said, I think the editing is one of the more... This is more of the more impressive editing I've seen in a movie. And the only reason I say any of this is because I'm approaching my final in my film production course. So these are all things I'm being told to look out for now for my own movie. So now I'm looking at it in movies. And so this is the first instance where that occurs. Uh, one of the big things in Hollywood when conversations are occurring on screen with two characters facing each other is you cut to these over-the-shoulder shots, right? So that one person is essentially on the left side of your screen and the other person's on the right side of the screen. So it actually looks like they're having a conversation. Ooh. However, with this immediate scene of them two, him being a therapist to his wife, essentially, they are cut to both be on the right side of the screen. And when they are talking, you never see them actually talk to each other. And when they are listening, you see the one person, you see one of them on the right side of the screen listening to their partner. And then they don't speak until we see their partner. So that doesn't, it immediately shows you, okay, this relationship is already disjointed because the way it's edited, the way it's cut, they can't even look at each other while they talk to each other. Boom. The power of editing, you know? Um, God damn, you schooled the fuck out of me. What, I didn't even know any of that. What can I say? Um, it's a film it's brain. A, it's a film brain. And that's why I told John I like this movie is because of things like that. Yeah. Again, not because of the movie movie, but because of the way the movie was made. I'm very impressed technically by it. Yeah, if you guys know, like have any knowledge, I guess, on like fucking film production, you'll probably like this. You'll probably gush but, and cream and, <laughs> you know, all over this movie. Holy shit. But as an as a ignorant dunce like me <laughs> probably won't give a fuck uh she mentions that you've always been distant to willem dafoe and it was interesting i think it's 
after she says this, I believe we immediately like pan over from her face to Willem Dafoe. And even though they're sitting right next to each other, they make the pan like extra long to it to really enforce this distant thing. Like I said, very technically, mwah, you know. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, Willem Dafoe is like very cold and rational in this movie. And it's interesting because, again, as we said, he's a bit of a dickhead to start this movie because it's his child, too. Yeah, but, like, to start, he do, you can. it looks like he doesn't even fucking care. Yeah, he immediately just turns on therapist brain and yeah. is like, I will cure you and I will fix your feelings and it's okay to be sad. But, like, what about you? That was yeah. your kid, too. He never talks about himself. He never talks about how he feels. It's all about her. And it's very... Interesting. Um, so, just some other uh, little things of note. Um, I wrote down specific. She has an accent, right? Like I'm not dumb. Like she, yeah, they, no, they, they, they let her be English in this movie. Yeah. So I wrote down specifically for some reason that she uh, quote bit the fork out of his nippy. The f- yeah. <laughs> like I don't know why, but like to the point where it bled, and I and it just you know it gave me a little you know there's this scene and another scene where funny. it happened, and I was like <laughs> I just felt pain course through my body. Yeah, that's I think that's where people are just like ooh that's scary, and I'm like is it? I think it's just like uncomfortable yeah uh, you know shocking you know even and like she does it but at the same time like she's going through a lot there's a lot on her brain yeah. so whatever it's not the most obscene thing that he you know had a nip you know whatever it, Listen, happens. it happens to everybody um but she's like overly sexual throughout this movie which is its own theme and idea to talk about yeah th- this movie becomes increasingly like sexually aggressive which is its own interesting tidbit when it comes to grief is that like everybody experiences grief differently and there is this realm of people where when they get sad they get horny i don't know like i know it's a thing don't ask me why but like i know it's a thing psychology you know yeah and this is also like a running thing with like with like von trier's movies Mm -hmm. in his movies sex is never like a positive thing it's usually something people do when they're like fucking miserable and this just like is another example of that. Like if you watch Melancholia, oh boy, <laughs> there is no happy sex in that movie. Yeah. If you watch Nymphomaniac Part One and Two, <laughs> boy, that movie will make you hate sex. I tell you what. Uh, they tried to. They want to tackle her fears, so they end up hiking out into the woods. I kind of like just didn't really get why they're out in the woods. I don't know. So they're out in the woods because the previous summer. She had taken the kid there, and they, uh, they spent some time there. Okay, all right. Yeah. So they're going out to the woods because he's trying to figure out what it is she, like, fears most about the whole situation, and so he does this, like, triangle thing, and he keeps writing in different things, A bunch whatever. of exercises. A bunch of, yeah, therapist exercises. I'm not a therapist, so I can't claim to know what the fuck any of that is. And I don't know if any of it's, like, actual things a therapist would do. Ultimately, don't let Willem Dafoe be your therapist yeah. from this movie, all right? If you are sad... Don't take what he's saying as serious. Talk to your actual therapist. Exactly. And if you don't have a therapist, get a therapist. I don't know. Whatever. I suggest it. I, you know, I, I can, you know, I, you know. Listen, it, therapy is good. Therapy. Just, like, don't get therapy from your uh, partner. And that's how we're talking about today. Sponsor BetterHelp. <laughs> Kidding. I wish. Use our promo code. <laughs> I wish. You get two free months. You like that? That was good. That was a good transition. You can do that whenever you want, BetterHelp. You see how I'm ready for it, BetterHelp? Anyways, so we uh, end chapter one with Willem Dafoe seeing a doe with a dead baby, dead dead baby deer. Just hanging out that cooch. Yeah. (laughs) 
It's just hanging out. <laughs> why? I, was, I don't know why. <laughs> if you read the screenplay for Antichrist, that's how it's described. Really? No. That's so fucking funny. No. <laughs> you know, I would have believed you. So I don't think fucking Lars von Trier, a man from Denmark, would from, say from two thousand nine. Would say yes, just let it hang out the couch. Like I don't think he would say is that, that. Is that your Dutch accent? I guess I don't know what the fuck Dutch sounds like. I will not offend any Dutch listeners, but if you were offended, don't be okay. I'm, I'm just, drafting my notes apology as we speak. We're just having a little bit of silly fun around here, okay? I stand in solidarity with all my friends from Denmark. <laughs> so, we get into chapter 2 titled Pain with Chaos Reigns. Oh, man, what a goo- ah, goofy little end bit to this chapter. Jesus Christ. Uh, they probably they, thought that was so fucking creepy. He probably thought that was tough as shit. He's he like, like, ooh, that's gonna get him. He's like, yes, this is tough. <laughs> <laughs> that's arguably oh, worse yes. than what John did. I'm so sorry, Denmark. I said Dutch earlier, didn't I? Well, I mean, that's probably the language no, you speak. No, Dutch is the Netherlands. Oh. I am so sorry. Gosh. Listen, just... all those Nordic-ass countries. <laughs> just ostracizing all of them at once. <laughs> yeah. Just outed all of them together, basically. They are just one big country in your brain. <laughs> ah? You can't see what I'm shrugging. Like, I mean... <laughs> so, either way, we... <laughs> They, they fall asleep. They have a cabin out in the woods, basically. Uh, better movie. Anyway, um, they he falls asleep. He wakes up with his hand outside of a window that's bedside, which, by the way, I very also close window. definitely would have woken up way sooner than actually gotten a full night's of sleep. But uh, we get this some sound design with some acorns falling all I, over. I do like that bit. The acorns falling is pretty sick because of some another bit mentioned later on in the movie by uh, Charlotte. Um Either way, he, he's forcing more exercises on her because, of course, he is therapist Willem, you know, just waiting for his fucking glider to come out of nowhere and him just leave the scene, basically. Uh, but he's not. He doesn't do that, unfortunately. That would have been much cooler. All yeah. right, Lars, take that. Lars, right? Take that into account, okay? Think about that next time. Think about who you're casting, okay? <laughs> Same thing for the lighthouse. Either way. I Whatever, man. <laughs> I'm not going to start the lighthouse discourse right now. Either way, um, so we get into some conversation. They end up seeing this bird. Uh, There's a very interesting shot with the baby bird falling out of a tree. Yeah. And then ants crawling all over it. Wow. And then it gets fucking scooped. And then what I'm going to assume is uh, the the mother mother basically scoops it up and says, yeesh, rips its head right off and gets Mm. some munch, 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 munch. It's (laughs) almost as if that's a theme. Mm, In the movie. Thoughts, thoughts, opinions. Mm, I can't hear what you're saying, but I know you have them. Mm. Anyways, so... She mentions now that she's, quote, hearing something different. She says, now I could hear what I didn't hear before, the cry of all the things that are to die. And she mentions specifically that uh, the acorns are that, because, you know, obviously acorns are seeds for trees. Not all acorns turn into trees. Uh, and Willem Dafoe... <laughs> Willem, he's like, what? listen here, woman. <laughs> what the fuck are you saying? Acorns can't cry, you fucking idiot. Stupid. 
Uh, but it's an interesting uh, little tidbit. And I had a, a bigger brain thought about that quote, and now it does not. Uh, it's just not there. So never mind. <laughs> I, I just don't care. It's just know? gone. It's gone. Um, another editing note here, a little bit of a quip kind of thing. Uh, earlier in the movie when he was doing his therapist bit, they had him sitting upright and her lying down next to him. And there was this hierarchy kind of thing where it's like she is viewing him as bigger or as a higher entity comparatively to her. Mm-hmm. And it was cut that way too. You didn't see them. I, be- I believe, I could be wrong. You didn't see them both on screen at the same time. And now we have that instantly flipped because now we're not in what is essentially Willem Dafoe's kind of territory. We're in her territory, essentially. And now she is this higher entity and he's the one laying in the bed and even though he's still thinking he's the therapist she's already like in her brain kind of like taking control of the situation and we see that start to unwind starting at this point moving forward uh she mentions that nature is satan's church and the wind is his breath and then goes on this whole fucking spiel that she's cured and I'm fine and yada, 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 and is loving nature. And basically, I would have said, okay, cool, and left right there. Yeah, bye. Because, you know, I'm not a, you know, I'm a therapist, but you're my wife, and I am not actually your therapist. So that's just me, though. I don't know, man. Either way, we end chapter two with a fucking fox saying chaos <laughs> reigns. It's ripping its own guts out. <laughs> yeah. Ripping its own guts out. Fun fact, the voices, the, the one, two words that the fox says, chaos reigns, done by Willem Dafoe, to Willem Dafoe. That's probably, you could probably write your own five-page paper critical analysis on that fact alone. It's like he spent most of the budget on Willem Dafoe. He's <laughs> just like, well, I mean... I can't afford anyone else, so they'll just voice him too. That's probably exactly what happened. Three point five billion budget, two point five million went to Willem. The other five hundred K went to the two sets that they're at, and then the rest of the money went to her and everything else, yeah. probably. So either way, interestingly enough, the last thing that she says is that nature is Satan's church, right? And then we get to chapter three starting. Despair. Genocide. And the first thing Willem Dafoe says at the start of chapter three is, I'm nature. Editing, cutting. Ooh, look at that. Mm. Like we just talked about how basically you don't even really need special effects. You can make your editing your special effect. That's a good point. And that is what is being so well put on here. So That's a really good point, actually, because this movie is very visually captivating, I would say. Mm-hmm. And I'd say little, little of it has to do with any of like outside like techniques and there's a lot of just like camera work yeah and there's a lot of stuff there are a lot of like little things always happening when you're watching like if you look in the background or if you like look at tiny details like something is like slightly off somewhere at all times and i guess that's kind of like the horror of it all to a degree visually Um, this movie is very interesting it's just like I'd say a lot of, like I said, again, the, a lot of the quality of this movie comes from its visual aspects. Um, so going on further with nature and the discussion of nature, she was writing her thesis on something along these lines. Of, kind of side, I think. Yeah, so he mentions that you were supposed to be writing your paper on evil things committed against women, but you write it instead as proof of the evil of women. She mentions that human, if human nature is evil then that goes as well for the nature of women 
uh, the nature of all the sisters. Women do not control their bodies. Nature does. So here's a whole, again, here's your fucking 20 page paper that you can write for your college professor to get out of, you know, the very last thing you have to do to graduate, Listen, basically. As someone who's had to write and watch a lot of Von Trier for college, <laughs> like your professor, wherever you go, they're going to fucking love whatever you write about if it's a Von Trier movie, all right? They they just suck that shit off. <laughs> So, I will not be writing any of my papers on a Von Trier film, but I will be writing them on fun films. So, I've already written a paper on Texas Chainsaw Massacre. A better movie. <laughs> I'm writing my paper tonight on part two. An even better movie. I'm writing a ten-page paper on Pearl. An even better And movie. the idea of the monstrous feminine. Um, and I another... guess you could kind of tie this into that, too. Yeah, uh, well, uh, no, I'm not going to do that. Yeah, so. no, no, yeah. <laughs> Either way. We go on further. So, uh, Willem Dafoe's starting to be like, mm, something's really something's wrong. Something's off. Something's really, uh, or quirky. She's tweaking. She's tweaking. <laughs> you know? You're kind of geeking right now. <laughs> You're kind of geeked up for real. Like, relax, okay, babe? You know? Uh, we, again, more, more sexual stuff. Like, constantly. She is... A whole lot. Yeah, like, she's just... There are just scenes where I think everything's, like, normal, and then out of nowhere I realize, oh, she's not wearing underwear, and yeah. then she just tries to fuck Willem on the spot. Well, like, she tries to fuck him, but she's like, hit me. And he's yeah. like, what? Yeah, and this, I don't want to hit you. In this bit specifically, she says, hit me or you don't love me. And she says, hit me to where I can feel it. He's like, I don't want to do that. And make it hurt. And he's like, no, babe, I love you. I don't want to do that, though. Come on, babe, babe, babe. You know, you don't have to Baby do anything. Honey. You don't have to do anything you don't want to do, guys, okay? You don't. Yeah. Right? Only so. hit them if you want to and they have consent. So she then just randomly mentions that the sisters of Radis Bun could start a hailstorm. I don't know if that's like real religious context. I would assume it is, or of some degree relating to something mythological. I have no clue. Again, I wanted to, I wanted to do research. Chelsea specifically said like she thinks us with our analytical brains could really pick this movie apart. And you know, I am, but not for the religious aspects because I just don't know that shit. I just assumed it was like some European shit. Yeah. And like I'm all about analysis and like digging deep, but let me tell you, brother, I don't give a fuck about this movie. And I honestly think most of it's like really surface layer religious connotation. I don't think a lot it at its surface, which again, this is all surface level thinking, it doesn't seem too deeply invested in religion. Yeah. Because there's not even really talks of, like, the devil. There's no mention of the devil. There's no visual of the devil. You know how bad fucking The Reckoning was, and then it just had a random six-foot-six man dressed in all red with fucking horns on, just randomly intercut with whoever the leading lady was and her weird fucking... God, that movie was awful. Jeez you're, Louise. You're, you're going Ooh, back. Don't go back. Triggering. Triggered. He's spiraling. Um, there's no nothing like that here. There's, yeah. like, one bit towards the end where she sees like an alt I don't even know if she sees it but the the camera shows us like this alter ego version of herself like yeah. yelling at herself and it's like cast in a darker light but it's just her face and I guess that's the closest we get to anything like demonic uh, in this movie and the animals but even then like whatever yeah and I and I thought uh, specifically speaking in a little bit, we see there's like this black crow, which I know is heavily associated with the devil. It's like one of the forms he takes, I believe in, in, in lore. I think, I think, I think, <laughs> um, don't quote me. Um, but either way, I don't know. 
So, either way, he, he, did, he didn't hit her, so she goes off into the woods and just starts, you know, dealing with it herself, if you, she, know, if you know what I mean. It's really uncomfortable. It's really gross, too, because she just picks a patch in the dirt. Just goes to town. And just starts going to town downstairs. <laughs> and, um, yeah, and then Willow... And we, we, we sit there watching for, like, a minute, I yeah, think. Yeah, pretty much. And I'm just like, okay, well, what's the, what's the point here, you know? What are we doing? And then... This is where I did think we'd get, like, a jump scare or something along those lines because we see Willem Dafoe's, like, we no, we don't even know that it's Willem Dafoe technically. We see Justin Arm, like, grab her shoulder, and this is where I'm thinking, okay, here's Satan, right? Like, Satan's about to, like, impregnate her or something, and that's where this movie's going to go randomly. No, it's just Willem Dafoe, and then Willem Dafoe just fucks her just there in the, in woods. the woods. Whatever, man. You do get a really fucking awesome shot. Of all the, of all the yeah, arms yeah. coming out of the tree. And that immediately ties into what she mentioned of the sisters of Radisbon, because like, we saw some uh, uh, like ancient-looking picture-type deals. Yeah. Of the, they cast in a hailstorm, or could start a hailstorm, whatever. Um, and then uh, we get to like next day, I guess, and she just starts tweaking. And just like tweaking, tweaking. Even harder. Like, yeah, even harder. And this is where, so the presence of the devil, I think, is here. Ish again. There's no physical presentation, but I think there's a mental representation in her brain as she's dealing with her grief. Quote grief. Um, uh, we're almost at the twist. So again, if you want to watch it, go watch it before you we're get about here. To spoil the one interesting part of the movie. Um, so sh- there was a point in time. I don't think I wrote it down specifically when, but I think it's around here where he finds. Uh, she's like burning papers because she wants to keep the fire going to keep the cabin heated and she finds reports of the uh, the autopsy report and we find out that the baby's legs were deformed yeah he had the a feet, foot deformity he had a foot deformity and the way that the x-ray showed it it looked like a hoof which a goat is another form that the devil likes to take so once again i'm thinking okay so the baby was the devil devil baby and it's interesting because that might still be part of with her mental break that she thought her baby was the devil and whatever and this is like a little hint towards that that might be like a super deep reading of the movie that isn't even remotely understandable but we find out that the baby had a birth deformity, not a birth deformity, a forced deformity. Yeah, it's really fucked. So this, your plot twist is that the last summer they spent together, because we see a picture, the baby's wearing the boots the wrong way. And it's because the mom was, fo- uh, mom, the Char- Charlotte was forcing the foot, the shoes on the baby's foot. So she was putting like his left boot on his right foot. And vice versa because essentially forcing his feet to just kind of fucking bend the other way yeah so forcing him to be incapable of walking properly and then we flash back to the very beginning and we find out that basically it's her fault the baby did it uh because the baby wasn't walking right because of the foot deformity and we see that like while they were fucking in the beginning she watched the baby get out of the the, the crib the crib she knew she already knew the kid was walking around and was able to get out of the crib she watched it walk to the window watched it jump out of the window all, all while she's getting her freak on all just while getting fucking railed and the a lot of analysis has to go with this idea that you know so basically she's not feeling grief she's feeling guilt about her actions because now willem defoe has found out so now 
she realizes that he's aware and again this is where she starts tweaking and she's like you're leaving me who said you could leave me and he's like no what the fuck because i don't think at this point even though we've seen all the evidence i don't think he's put it together yet and i don't think he's put it together till like closer to the end yeah because he doesn't really there's no like moment of shining light where willem defoe's like Oh shit! You know? It's very, you, it's very quiet. The switch in his brain yeah. that happens on screen, where he's mm. just like, hmm, "I should leave." So ultimately, um, this is the other scene that hurts me. Oh, we get blunt force trauma to his penis. She, so she basically is just like, "Hey man, don't leave. How about you just like fuck me instead?" Yeah, and he's like, "No, I don't think I will." Yeah, I don't want to do that. It's not helping. You so know, she, she like forces his pants off, and he's like, "Hey man, maybe get the fuck off." Yeah. And she just, like, gets pissed and smashes his dick with a log. And it knocks him out, which I guess makes sense. Technically, it's a lot of pain. I mean, if you smashed my dick with a log, I would probably pass out. Yeah, and so it's all erect, I guess. I don't know why, but it is. And then... His um, gigantic stunt cock. His gigantic stunt cock gets, you know, a little little jerky-jerky, and it ejaculates blood all over her, and it's probably the grossest thing I've seen in a movie in a very long time. It's pretty fucking bad. So you're welcome for the mental image of it. Yeah. And now you have to go watch it, really. Honestly, I think. If you don't already watch all the movies as we talk about them... Fake fan. Sorry. You're a fraud, actually. Just kidding. If you just like listening to our voices, or if you just want to hear about movies but never want to watch them, I do that. I get it please no, keep listening no yeah no i didn't mean the whole fraud thing i definitely didn't mean that i love you <clears throat> with i love you with everything in me guys i do don't leave me please don't <laughs> so <laughs> either way um pretty fucked up this is technically the horror aspect is this bit, bit these bits of gore that happen towards the end here literally in the last like 20 fucking minutes yeah like last half hour or so she begins screwing into his leg she she gets like a hand drill oh and God. just like drills it into his ankle uh, it's awesome uh, she, i do really like that part she pokes her finger all the way through and so basically she's able to screw a weight onto his leg she takes the wrench with her so he can't undo it chucks the wrench in somewhere into the woods and this is where i think that the the devil is technically present but not outwardly again maybe you know i don't know if there's any real religious connotation that goes this deep or if she really is just a full-on psychotic break probably both but probably mainly the psychotic break. So we have her walking through the woods, pantsless, screaming, where are you? Where are you? And I'm so sorry. Uh, it's This part is legitimately, like, fucking tense. Anyways, my brain just broke so fucking hard, you have no idea. Gigantic brain fart. You've he, never seen anything like it. He said the last thing he said about it being tense, and I just stared. And Le- that was it. Legitimately, you know? he said, what? And I was like, what? <laughs> and I thought I was going insane. Yeah. Um. Anyways, so yes, very tense. He is under a he's tree. In a, he's in a foxhole. Yeah, he's in a foxhole. And there's this bird squawking that won't shut the fuck up. And she's, like, looking for him, basically. And so this is where I'm thinking the crow is the devil and Willem Dafoe is Willem Dafoe. Because Willem Dafoe, again, has a weight on his foot, has managed to crawl out to where he's crawled out to, is now hiding from her, essentially. And she's, like, on the verge of finding him. And he's, like, got a rock, I believe. Or even if it's his own fist, oh, it doesn't matter. he just smashes this crow to He's death. just smashing the crow... Uh, over and over and over again, and it but, just the, gets back up. but the crow keeps chirping, which is what makes me think the crow is representative of the devil. And in this scene, she thinks that 
or when she did what she did to Willem Dafoe, she thought that he was the devil yeah. because at the start of this chapter, he said the thing that nature is evil or I'm nature. And she said that nature is Satan's church. So in my brain, what's happened here is that she has, because it's cut the way that it is in her brain, because they did like a role playing activity for her therapy, essentially um, to her, Willem Dafoe is now the devil or some likes of sorts of evil. And she, in this woods scene, is looking for Willem Dafoe, thinking that she's locked away the devil. We're just having every potential problem you could possibly think of happening in one recording session. It's all just going wrong. My computer storage literally just randomly filled up, even though all of these files should be saving to my extra terabyte of storage. Um, either way, as I was explaining... The Antichrist himself has cursed this recording session. The Antichrist himself is equivalent to the bird. The bird won't die because it's the devil. And the reason it keeps bouncing back, as I was just saying, previous to this little bit specific recording, is that the bird is the devil. Is basically what I'm deciding. So, there's that. I was I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, yeah. So, this enti- throughout this entire movie, it's the whole thing is very fucking surreal. So part of you is just like, you know, maybe all this like magic animal bullshit is like not real and not actually happening, except all the way up until the end. You're like, oh, wait, no, it's real. Yeah. And she we get this part where she figures out where he is and she starts digging in the ground underneath her to find him. Yeah. And it was during this uh, digging part where it's very hazy and it seems like a very dreamlike state. And then I was immediately angry and was like, are we about to just be like told that this was all a dream and this is all in her head? God, that'd be such a middle finger. Um, but no, we just get into chapter four titled The Three Beggars. She says that she's sorry, she can't find the wrench, but she was the one that disposed of it. So that's a bunch of BS. Um, he ends up so this was like definite like I'm not dumb like this was definitely mystical this very last part where he finds the wrench under the house randomly yeah because she didn't she didn't throw it away under the house but it ended up under the house which is again where your little bits of religious ambiguity and paranormal whatever you want to call it happen I don't know I don't know maybe this last bit she becomes the devil and God's like hey Willem I like what you did with Toby McGuire here you go bud <laughs> and just slips him the wrench under the house. <laughs> So, um, I don't know. I he... know the future, Willem. You're going to be really great. <laughs> and I know you're going to reprise your role as the Green Goblin in 2021. And is it 2021? I really like Spider-Man. Sorry, guys. My fault. I'm not a Marvel fan. Let that be known. Sure about that? But I like Spider-Man. Yes, I'm sure of that. <laughs> God, Marvel fans. Marvel stands are insufferable. Thank you. They have nailed the idea of recycling nostalgia. Kudos to them, I guess. Dude, you're going to get us... You're going you're gonna to destroy us. <laughs> I know. Disney's about to find out my tiny podcast and squash it like a bug. Either way, uh, he asks outright. He says, did you want to kill me? She says, no, not yet. I'm waiting on the three beggars. We find out the three beggars are the fox, the crow, and the deer. The doe. A deer. A female deer. Um, so... Um, a little bit more of some, I don't know what this means. I don't know what this is in reference to as she quote, I wrote down the whole quote. She says a crying woman is a scheming woman, false in legs, false in thighs, false in breast, 
Teeth, hair, and eyes. I just, you know, I just took it as some bars. That's for just real. some old, ye old way of saying these hoes ain't shit, man. <laughs> that's they just, ain't shit. That's just some ye old, good old, you know, raps. <laughs> that that that's from that's future from the 1600s. That's... All right, <laughs> writing about some bitches, basically. Uh, and uh, the other most grotesque thing I've seen in a movie, yeah, in a very very long time. Uh, yeah, the Hydrier's kids. Um, she takes a pair of scissors. She takes them to her nether regions, and she cuts off, we'll say, the most sensitive part of the, the vagina. The, the, the bean. I'm pretty sure I already said the word. She cuts her clitoris off. I think I started the episode with saying she cuts her clitoris <laughs> yeah. off. Um, so just a reminder, remember how upset I got about Titan and how she fucked the car? Yeah. And I, like, basically groped the mic to tell you guys that she fucked the car? Well, she cut her clitoris off. On okay. screen. Which, yeah, you see it happen. It's not like a, uh, you know, uh, it's not like she alludes to it and then it happens. No, you you see the little snip. And then her scream is so fucking oh, haunting. awful. Which is so good for this movie, though. And, um, again, another theory, think piece, bullshit, gender studies thing you can write about is this also. The fact that she does this. And just an immediate, like, little train of thought I had to do. It has to do something with sensitivity and pleasure and, and allowing somebody else to pleasure you, basically. Because right before this, uh, she was trying to take Willem Dafoe's dying hand and pleasure herself with it. Yeah. And... When that doesn't do it for her, she tries to do it herself, and then she cuts it. And it, it has to do again. Once it's got to do with something to do with pleasure. Well, at, something at this point of the movie, throughout the movie, every time they had sex, it's become increasingly more aggressive and painful. And it's becoming increasingly more difficult for Willem to pleasure her because it doesn't hurt enough. Yeah, and it, what hurts more than, than yeah. cutting the whole fucking clitoris off? Yeah. So yeah, painful. Even though I don't have one. I can I was, imagine. I was hurting, you know? So we then get Willem Dafoe seeing the three beggars as constellations. And I don't know if those are real constellations. They're in, not. In, okay, they're not real constellations in real life. Please don't go looking for a fox, crow, or deer in your stars. Um, just look for the Big Dipper like I always do. Yeah. You know, or Ori you know what? I always find Orion's belt. That's my go-to constellation. Well, see, you're better than me. I can only find the Dippers. <laughs> I can only find Orion, really. Sometimes I can see the Dippers, but most of the time my brain's not working. <laughs> we then get a hailstorm. The three beggars are seen by her body, laying down, comforting herself. And this is the demonic portion I was talking about, where the demonic her is like just very darkly lit and just like screaming at something someone i think it's like technically at her i don't remember i don't really know what she says i didn't write any of it down but we get the hailstorm and um that's when willem dafoe finally like figured it all out and uh he just strangles her right there on the spot yeah he's just like you know what fuck all this yeah i'm done here and again there's probably significance to the fact that he strangles her because you know she just had those pair of scissors it'd be one thing to like slit her throat or yeah. stab her or anything but he strangles her well strangling i'd say is a very inherently like intimate way yeah yeah of, that's of fair. killing someone so there's your significance uh, by big brain john and Thank you know you. sexually a lot of people get off on getting choked that's true i didn't even think about that fair yeah so he strangles her we, we don't we don't see him do anything else so it's not Just like burns he, her body yeah 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 burns her body similar to you know but i'm uh, witches bang fuck them just kidding if there's a witch bitch out there i'm here you know but whatever that's neither here nor there. He walks off. 
we start to see women's bodies scattered throughout the forest yeah, as he's walking away. It's a away. really cool shot. The, tr- uh, the trees kind of like transition into becoming like piles of corpses. Uh, we get epilogue, and it's just a bunch of face, a f- bunch of faceless women surrounding Willem Dafoe as he stands in the woods, and that's the movie. Yeah, I, so, I guess he dies. I guess they're I gonna know. kill him. He's walking just fine, but He's I, fucking eating berries. And I would assume this is like just a, a, a manifestation. I don't think this is really a bunch of faceless women coming out to get Willem Dafoe. Yeah. Um, but that's that's uh, that's Antichrist, you know. And I gotta say, I don't know what to say. Really, we have about ten minutes of airtime still left to cover, unfortunately for you and us. Yeah. So post movie, post spoilers. <laughs> what, what do you think of the movie? I I I don't know, man. There's clearly a lot that we can dig in here, too. And just in general, that can be, like, analyzed. But it really... I don't really care. <laughs> and it's not even because, oh, Lars von Trier isn't, like, making, like, points or whatever. It's just, like, I don't care on how he gets those points across. Yeah. I feel like the shock value kind of takes away from whatever he's trying to say. Yeah. And this goes for, like, every movie mm-hmm. that he makes that I've seen. Or he can make, like, a point that makes me go, huh, that's pretty true. And then he just kind of loses me. Okay. Because he just, like, I don't know, he wants to make it as gross as possible. Yeah. So the movie kind of just tackles this big idea. It try it, attempt, it starts with tackling this idea of grief that eventually turns into guilt because of the fact that she basically killed the child intentionally. Yeah. And as, as a means of distracting, Willem Dafoe uses sex to deter him from finding out the facts of it all. And... Whatever that's representative of, I'm not really sure. Like John said, I, I'm not too worried about the nitty gritty details of this, and I don't, I don't know about how well or how much I want to deep dive into it. Yeah, because there is technically speaking a lot to unpack story wise, but it's kind of self explanatory story wise what's happening. And like once you get that big twist, everything falls in line right after that, and. I think a lot of your, uh, what would be scholarly discourse, um, comes from the significance of sex and pleasure and allowing yourself these sins, essentially. Um, Because to be fair, I don't think it's ever said outright that they're married. I just believe we assume that's the case. I don't think he ever says you're my wife. I don't think she ever says you're my husband. So if you want to get even deeper with your scholarly discourse here, you go. I'm basically writing a paper for someone somewhere. Um, there's, you know, automatically, once you take away the marriage aspect, if there is one or isn't one, whatever, you immediately make everything that's happened a sin more yep. than anything. Because, you know, unmarried sex is a sin. Unmarried is not a proper word. But you know what I mean. And um, the technical murder, uh, there's the sins of pleasuring yourself that are very apparent with her and there's just it's interesting like i said i'm not sure what eden represents in the bible it's it's a little i guess on the nose like the fact that there's one man and one woman in a fucking forest is Uh basically like the garden of eden that's what he is right okay i don't know in terms of like outright like fucking religious references it's like kind of there but in reverse yeah like, you have their one child who's taken away. Kind of like how Adam and Eve's one kid fucking died. Mm-hmm. And you can see that as, like, fucking Jesus dying, I guess. Okay. And 
the three fucking beggars, they're kind of like the three wise men in a way. It's, it's like reverse Christianity. Okay, see, this is the explanation we needed, because I have no idea, it's, all right? Oh, okay, man, fucking Lars von Trier, I think <laughs> you might have gotten me. Okay, it's see? It's almost like anti-Christianity. Wow. Oh. We've nailed it, we've cracked the code. We are, in fact, the smartest podcast you'll ever listen to. What can I say? Pat on the backs, everybody. We did a great job today. Listen. listen. <laughs> Pack it up, please. I do a lot for you people, all right? <laughs> I, just, I just forced John to figure out this entire movie. And for now, a movie I fucking hate. And now he's appreciative. Now I have to, now I have to like a part of it. Damn it. <laughs> no. So, bang. Just like that. Yeah, and that's what I assumed. It all seemed very on the nose with the religious connotation. I just don't know the religious part yeah. to know if it's on the nose or not. So, yeah, now that you say it, reverse Antichrist or reverse Christianity. Fucking Willem Dafoe hitting the drill through the ankle was kind of like a crucifixion in a way. Oh, my God. He's still going. Oh, <laughs> he's loving it. He's doing it. Fucking... <laughs> he's doing the thing. <laughs> But, I don't know, besides the religious angle, you know, there's a lot of, like, femininity versus masculinity here. Yeah. A lot of men versus women. A lot of who really holds the power here. But, at the end of the day, I kind of don't fucking care. Yeah. Because a lot of it, I feel like, is fucking just Lars getting his personal demons out on yeah. screen. If you watch more Von Trier movies, you will understand fucking... Lars has a fucking issue with lit women, I think. <laughs> He's got some demons about women. To be fair, like we said, it's a trilogy of depression, yeah. and we don't. I didn't look into specifically what the depression is caused by, <laughs> but it seems like somebody might have had a bad breakup. Someone's got some hang-ups. <laughs> Either way, I think it's a technically sound movie. I don't need to watch it ever again. Yeah. I think this movie sits in the same boat as Possessor for me, mm. basically, in terms of why... Wow. I know, I know, wow. I know, I know, but that's not negative. No, 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 you're right. Uh, whatever I would rate Possessor, I can't remember. I have to get those ratings together soon for our end of year episode. That's true. But, um, th because Possessor, again, was another very technically sound movie, it's just such an intense watch that it's like, it's not enjoyable at that point because it's such an art house film, you know? Yeah. It's so artsy-fartsy that you lose an entertainment factor for the common folk and when i watch horror i like to think but i don't want to think you know so something like barbarian while tackled a very big uh societal issue with how men approach life and how women approach life um was ultimately entertaining to watch this movie and Possessor, and uh, anything else along these lines, while very quality, and I can find quality in the movie, and I can find things to appreciate, isn't my cup of tea for rewatchability, and that is part of my scaling and rating and out of six points factor, you know? So, it, bloody spork rating. It is, it is so funny, because I'm, it's just hitting me now how different our definitions of, like, artsy-fartsy are. <laughs> because for me, like, Possessor is, like, a still a fairly entertaining movie. While, for, while this, I watch this, and I'm just like, oh, my God. 
That's some fucking pretentious <laughs> bullshit. I just put, I just, it's like anything that isn't mainstream yeah. is an immediate art house film to me, basically. Like, if, if it's not just, like, got open advertisement for it all over. Like, the fact, I mean, this was literally at the Cannes Festival, so obviously this is an art house film. This yeah. is meant to be viewed as more of an art form than a movie. This is cinema. This isn't a movie, yeah. you know? Like, for me, Possessor is still relatively straightforward. And I watch this, and I'm just like, God damn it, I have to fucking think. <laughs> uh, uh, same, I guess technically kind of sort of the same, but, like, Titane, too, I think, is in the same boat. Yeah, well, Titane is just, like, fucking outrageous. So that, that, that was very entertaining, I will say. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Mm, don't crucify me. Thanks. Get no, it? Yeah. Staying on uh, Ah, Yeah, like that? Uh, don't crucify me? Ah, uh, maybe? Yeah, okay. You, you, get, you get it. You get it. Yeah, you, you Christians out there, you, you get it. You like that. You yeah. like that. Bloody Spork rating out of six sporks. What do you think of Antichrist? Fucking two. Two. Two out of six. I'm going to give it two and a half. Uh, I really, like I said, the technical aspects are all super cool. I think I give this a lower rating if I'm not taking the film classes that I'm taking because I just <laughs> yeah. don't notice the things that I talked about. And it makes me want to rewatch a lot of movies to look at them with the more technical lens. I'm not going to, but I want to. Um, so when you take all those technical factors into it, and I just really like Willem Dafoe. I've always liked Willem Dafoe. Mm-hmm. That's my Green Goblin, you know, whatever, nothing crazy. Uh, I like Willem Dafoe. I like his performance, the transition from narcissistic therapist asshole into, holy shit, my significant other's a fucking psychopath who killed my child, um, is a really cool one. And while both characters, I mean, she literally won an award for her performance. They're fantastic in this movie. So again, I'm giving a lot of my, my of my two and a half points, they're allocated to the technicality of the movie and the actor's performances yeah. more than the actual movie story and enjoyability and replayability itself. So one of these days I'll break down the actual specifics to my six points, um, but that was a pretty br- brief demonstration of it all. We'll explain what each spork represents at some point. <laughs> what one? Yeah, why Why it's a six instead of a five. So two for John, two and a half out of me. That's going to do it for Antichrist. Next week we have our Thanksgiving special. We're not going to skip it. Uh, we promise. We, we will skip a week in December. I just have to figure out the best week to skip in December. Hate to break it to you, but there's a lot of shit going on. It's the on. holidays. Don't kill us. It might be. It's either like going to be like the first week or the last week yeah. because like my finals week is the first week of December technically. First and second week-ish. So... I got a lot on my plate, and I'm, you know, producer, owner, you know. Ed- <laughs> CEO. Producer, owner, CEO, editor, everything. Writer, director. Uh, owner of the house we record in. Sound director. <laughs> All of that. So, either way, for our Thanksgiving special, we're not doing Thanksgiving. Damn Just it. to emphasize, we're doing Pilgrim. Oh, that's right. Another movie I'd probably call an art house film because I'm an insufferable asshole. Is who it doesn't, really? I don't fucking know. It's <laughs> No, it's actually, like, good, I think. Oh, it is? Like, it's actually technically good. <laughs> oh, like the Quaker Oats man killing people is good? Is that what that is? Yeah. That's fucking amazing. <laughs> Just kidding. I don't actually know. I haven't seen it in a while. Because wow. I think it came out in 2016 or 2017. Really? I think it's, like, a recent release, but not, like... Two years ago, sounds recent. like a fucking Hulu original. It might be 2019. I don't know. Now I'm just saying shit, and now you are all losing credibility, or I'm losing <laughs> credibility, and you hate me more and more. The more I ramble, the more you disgust me. Disgust yes. me, as well as disgust me. 
bang. Hey, right? it feeds us. It gives us power. <laughs> Either way, that's going to do it. Um, uh, anything else, uh, follow us on Instagram, at Bloody Spork. If you want to see us talk about a movie you really like, email us at bloodysporkpod at gmail.com. We'll, we'll watch anything. Literally, we will watch anything if that's not evident, evident enough. Listen um, to our three listener recommendations. <laughs> we will watch anything. Just from this month alone, we have like five total now, I think. Maybe six. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, Chelsea gets the benefit of seeing me like three days a week, so you know. <laughs> so, she, so, so Dan has to deal with the fallout. <laughs> I can curse at Chelsea over the mic, and I won't have to deal with it. Uh, but either way, thank you again, Chelsea, for the recommendation. Of course, Chelsea. I'm just kidding. I really appreciate it. Uh, it's another movie I can talk about at parties when I'm drunk to whoever will fucking listen to me. You hey, know? Have you guys seen Antichrist? <laughs> this is really cool. Willem Dafoe, banger, okay? <laughs> you have to. It's anti-Christianity. Oh you won't. God. Let me talk. Either way. Either way. Either way. At your local holiday party, look out for a drunk Dan White. <laughs> either way. That's going to do it. From Dan. And John. Have a great day, Sporkies. Happy Thanksgiving, Sporkies. Right. Happy Thanksgiving, Sporkies. Bye. Bye. Fucking Antichrist. Me, 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 meow. Fuck you, Lars von Trier. <laughs> All right. Um, my, I was just rehearsing with um, Cat in the Hat, a much better movie than this movie. <laughs> that movie's and great. I think that movie should be of higher critical acclaim, but unfortunately, it is viewed as the downfall of Mike Myers' career. And the end of live action Dr. Seuss films. That's a fucking shame on both on both accounts. That movie's great. <laughs>